Section 19 of The Art of Worldly Wisdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tina Ding. The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Bartasar Grisian. Translated by Joseph Jacobs. 161 know your pet faults the most perfect of men has them and is either wedded to them or has illicit relations with them they are often faults of intellect and the greater this is the greater they are or at least the more conspicuous it is not so much that their possessor does not know them he loves them which is a double evil irrational affection for avoidable faults they are spots on perfection. They displease the onlooker as much as they please the possessor. Tis a gallant thing to get clear of them, and so give play to one's other qualities. For all men hit upon such a failing, and on going over your qualifications, they make a long stay at this blot, and blacken it as deeply as possible, in order to cast your other talents into the shade. 162. How to triumph over rivals and detractors. It is not enough to despise them, though this is often wise. A gallant bearing is the thing. One cannot praise a man too much who speaks well of them who speak ill of him. There is no more heroic vengeance than that of talents and services, which at once conquer and torment the envious. Every success is a further twist of the cord round the neck of the ill-affected, and an enemy's glory is the rival's hell. The envious die not once, but as oft as the envied wins applause. The immortality of his fame is the measure of the other's torture. The one lives in endless honor, the other in endless pain. The clarion of fame announces immortality to the one and death to the other, the slow death of envy long drawn out. 163. Never, from sympathy with the unfortunate, involve yourself in his fate. One man's misfortune is another man's luck, for one cannot be lucky without many being unlucky. It is a peculiarity of the unfortunate to arouse people's goodwill, who desire to compensate them for the blows of fortune with their useless favor, and it happens that one who is abhorred by all in prosperity is adored by all in adversity. Vengeance on the wing is exchanged for compassion afoot. Yet tis to be noticed how fate shuffles the cards. There are men who always consort with the unlucky, and he that yesterday flew high and happy stands today miserable at their side. That argues nobility of soul, but not worldly wisdom. 164. Throw straws in the air to find how things will be received, especially those whose reception or success is doubtful. One can thus be assured of its turning out well 
and an opportunity is afforded for going on in earnest or withdrawing entirely. By trying men's intentions in this way, the wise man knows on what ground he stands. This is the great rule of foresight in asking, in desiring, and in ruling. 165. Wage War Honorably You may be obliged to wage war, but not to use poisoned arrows. Everyone must needs act as he is, not as others would make him to be. Gallantry in the battle of life wins all men's praise. One should fight so as to conquer, not alone by force, but by the way it is used. A mean victory brings no glory, but rather disgrace. Honor always has the upper hand. An honorable man never uses forbidden weapons, such as using a friendship that's ended for the purpose of a hatred just begun. A confidence must never be used for a vengeance. The slightest taint of treason tarnishes the good name. In men of honor, the smallest trace of meanness repels. The noble and the ignoble should be miles apart. Be able to boast that if gallantry, generosity, and fidelity were lost in the world, men would be able to find them again in your own breast. 166. Distinguish the men of words from the men of deeds. Discrimination here is as important as in the case of friends, persons, and employments, which have all many varieties. Bad words, even without bad deeds, are bad enough. Good words with bad deeds are worse. One cannot dine off words, which are wind, nor of politeness, which is but polite deceit. To catch birds with a mirror is the ideal snare. It is the vain alone who take their wages in windy words. Words should be the pledges of work and, like pawn tickets, have their market price. Trees that bear leaves but not fruit have usually no pith. Know them for what they are, of no use except for shade. 167. Know how to take your own part. In great crises, there is no better companion than a bold heart. And if it becomes weak, it must be strengthened from the neighboring parts. Worries die away before a man who asserts himself. One must not surrender to misfortune, or else it would become intolerable. Many men do not help themselves in their troubles, and double their weight by not knowing how to bear them. He that knows himself knows how to strengthen his weakness, and the wise man conquers everything even the stars in their courses. 168. Do not indulge in the eccentricities of folly. Like vain, presumptuous, egotistical, untrustworthy, capricious, obstinate, fanciful, theatrical, whimsical, inquisitive, paradoxical, sectarian people, and all kinds of one-sided persons, they are all monstrosities of impertinence. 
all deformity of mind is more obnoxious than that of the body because it contravenes a higher beauty yet who can assist such a complete confusion of mind where self-control is wanting there is no room for others guidance instead of paying attention to other people's real derision men of this kind blind themselves with the unfounded assumption of their imaginary applause 169 be more careful not to miss once than to hit a hundred times no one looks at the blazing sun all gaze when he is eclipsed the common talk does not reckon what goes right but what goes wrong evil report carries farther than any applause many men are not known to the world till they have left it all the exploits of men taken together are not enough to wipe out a single small blemish avoid therefore falling into error seeing that ill will notices every error and no success 170 in all things keep something in reserve tis a sure means of keeping up your importance a man should not employ all his capacity and power at once and on every occasion even in knowledge there should be a rear guard so that your resources are doubled one must always have something to resort to when there is fear of a defeat the reserve is of more importance than the attacking force for it is distinguished for valor and reputation prudence always sets to work with assurance of safety in this matter the pickham paradox holds good that the half is more than the whole end of section 19